In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, presented by Betches Media. This is an exploration of all pop culture, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. We're looking at you, Tom Sandoval. You guys, welcome to an all-new So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your pal Ryan, recovering from BravoCon. Uh, my voice is a little extra deeper and a little froggier because uh, my body is breaking down. That's what, that's what's, we knew it would happen, folks. We all knew. Who bet that Ryan would die after BravoCon? Well, guess what? You lost your bet, but I am seriously injured inside. <laughs> How's everybody doing out there? Man, I I can't wait to get back to normal. Oh, gosh. Let me take you through my morning, uh, and I'll play a clip of what I got to do today. I was talking about it on the show yesterday, I think. Um, (laughs) So I got like four hours of sleep uh, after I talked to you guys last night, and then I put out a Patreon episode and um, went to bed, woke up at 6, and had to do Fox 5's morning show to talk about BravoCon in Washington, D.C. from Zoom. So uh, I I put my sports jacket on. I'll tell you this, you guys, doing these things, uh, I'm going to play the clip. Some of you guys might have seen it, but uh, I didn't wear pants. I just I just wore a sports jacket and a button up, but it you wouldn't know. Like, what an amazing job. I get to sit here and not wear pants. Like, this is the old by the way, this is this is what they teach you at Arizona State University, my alma mater, is that they train you for jobs that you eventually will not need to wear pants. <laughs> um, so uh, I got up early to do this little segment which I'll play for you in a second. And I got to tell you, I just was over the moon to do this. I was so scared I was going to sleep through it because I had a brutal last couple of days in the best way. But I I got through it. I think I did okay. But this is the kind of stuff I can't impress upon you guys enough. This is the stuff. And as silly as it sounds, maybe to some of you guys, this is the stuff I dreamed of. You know, you got to remember, like, you know, growing up in Kansas, anything that was on TV, and I think I still feel this way, was just magical. Anything. I would watch talk shows. I would watch news. I would watch anything with TV. My parents had to pull me away from the TV. I remember one year we got HBO. And I kept sneaking down at night to watch uh, HBO. And I remember just watching like crappy Clint Eastwood movies that I shouldn't have been watching as a kid. Like this movie Tightrope I kept watching on HBO. And then they caught me and they got rid of HBO. They got rid of HBO because I kept sneaking downstairs. And then also I left this part out. I would have really brutal nightmares. Uh, I would have night terrors. (laughs) Guys, by the way, for all the ladies out there, I used to have night terrors and I was a bedwetter. So... Cha-ching, bad boy of podcasting right here. Yeah, wet the bed, baby. Bad boy. Only bad boys wet the bed, dude. You know why? Because we can't be bothered to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. 
Oh, I know this is already way, uh, we're, we're already off topic, but you know what? It's okay. I've told this story before, but you know, this is how bad my bed was. <laughs> Please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify for me telling you about my struggle with bedwetting as a kid. Um, when I was like, gosh, I wish my, uh, now I'm like, oh, I wish I could call my mom. <laughs> So I was like, oh, I should call my mom and, and see if she'll come on to talk about me bedwetting, but I can't do that. Um, so <laughs> my mom was very concerned about my bedwetting. We all were, to be honest. <laughs> Sorry, I just didn't think I was going to talk about this. <laughs> um, my, <laughs> my mom bought this thing from Sears in Kansas. And I shit you not, you guys. It was a pla- <laughs> It was a plastic bed sheet. <laughs> it was a plastic bed sheet. Oh my god! It was a plastic bed sheet, and it was hooked up with sensors. <laughs> and if the plastic bed sheet <laughs> felt water, <laughs> it would set off an alarm. <laughs> In the middle of the night, I would be waking up. It'd be like, and I would immediately know I went to bed, and I would always. I mean, just think about it's already traumatic as a kid to wet the bed because you know it's wrong, but it's even more traumatic to then put an alarm behind it. So you're you feel like a criminal. My mom would rush in, and she'd be like, "Get up, get up." Because before the alarm, you know, I was just like asleep through the night. And then I'd wake up in the middle of the night. And then it was like a thing because I remember my mom would change the sheets and stuff. So I would have to sit guiltily in the corner <laughs> in my little Return of the Jedi jammies. Oh, my God, you guys. I haven't thought about that in a second. Oh, and okay. Listen, we have a great show for you today. First off, Gabby Conti is here. She was a guest a couple of years ago, and she's just fabulous. She's fantastic, and she has actually a new narrative podcast that I think you guys will dig called Bad Influencer. I'll talk about it in a second when I talk to her. She's just fabulous. We did this interview about a week and a half ago when I was still in New York, and uh, it's kind of perfect to use right now because I'm still recovering for BravoCon, but Gabby's amazing, and I can't wait to have her back on because she's one of those guests. I should just bring her on a pop culture roundup because she knows everything pop culture, and we, of course, talk about the podcast, but we talk about The Golden Bachelor, Kardashians, Bravo. We, we, we spill it all. We even talk about bad date stories, so great. I love her so much. Okay, back to me bedwetting. Back to the important stuff that makes me look cool. Okay, so then as a kid, my worst nightmare, you guys, was slumber parties. First off, I didn't have a lot of guy friends. I know that's shocking to the man who hosts a Pop Culture Bravo podcast. But I didn't have a lot of male friends. I grew up on a street in Kansas that it was all girls my age. And that's why I just pretty much hung out with girls. And I still, I mean, primarily kind of do. Um, I just get along with, anyways, they just have better taste. So um, slumber parties were just my worst nightmare because I just didn't know if I was going to wet the bed or not. I mean, guys, imagine, I mean, I don't know. Um, it, it just, it's, it, it, it was horrifying. And so I remember getting invited to this one slumber party. I think at my friend, Eric Secors, maybe I think that's his name. And I had two plans and you guys, I'm like eight years old. I had like two plans. 
the one plan was just stay up all night. Everybody goes to sleep, you stay up. But I had never done that before, right? I'd like, I'd stayed up pretty late, like reading. I was in a library book reading contest over the summers and I would stay up pretty late. Bad boy, bad boy, yeah. Loves to read on summer breaks. Um, so my one plan was, <laughs> my one plan was staying up the whole night. And this was my second plan was that I took, <laughs> oh my God, you guys. I took, uh, I stole my parents' scotch tape and I just thought, because obviously I'm just severely just the, I, 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 I've not gotten smarter than I was eight years old, but I was a fucking idiot at eight years old, obviously. I thought if I taped... Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I gotta tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I thought if I taped the hole in my penis, you know, the urethra, um, that that would stop the pee from coming out. That's how my eight-year-old brain works. And, and when you think about it, there is a certain logic to it, right? So I was getting tired of this slumber party. Everybody's crashing. I'm realizing I'm not going to be able to stay the whole night. So I go to my little knapsack and I grab the scotch tape. I go to the bathroom. I fully scotch tape my little eight-year-old pee-pee um, fully up, cover the hole very thoroughly, uh, very thoroughly. And guess what? I wake up the next day, I did wet the bed, and guess what? That fucking scotch tape did not work at all, and it just immediately came off of my little eight-year-old pee-pee, and I was just like, woke up to a wet, um, you know, uh, 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 fucking sleeping bag, and <laughs> wet fucking sleeping bag, and a, just a bunch of scotch tape in my underpants, like, that's the embarrassment that I, and you know what? That's why everybody sometimes is like, oh, you're so insecure. You're so like this or that. It's because I was a bedwetter and I taped up my penis as a kid. That's why I'm so sensitive because I have a litany of like failures of just bedwetting and weird shit like that, folks. <laughs> welcome to So Bad It's Good. Any new listeners, welcome. It's going to be okay. Um, 
Okay, one more bedwetting story. It's all coming back to me. Okay, so I was at Boy Scout camp once, and now I'm like 11, I think. I like this is how 11, I mean, it's got to be 10 or 11. It has to be. Or it was like, not, it wasn't Cub Scouts. I think it was like Boy Scouts. It, it was one of the Scouts. And they send you on this week long uh, camping trip. And I was with my friend Patrick Mulcahy from the street I grew up in, in Kansas. And, you know, you're, you're gone for the week. And the first night I remember my bunkmate was Patrick and Patrick was homesick and he was sobbing. Have you ever watched a 10 or 11 year old boy just sob because they miss their parents and they're homesick? Like it even frightened me. I was like, holy shit, this guy's not going to make it like this. I mean, what's going <laughs> to, he's going to die. Like he misses his parents as much. Like we're talking like, <gasps> like the, the, the boy scout leader had to come in. And I just remember sitting on the cock going like, I had all my little dirty joke books with me. Like I was ready to rock out. You know, um, but anyways, the first five nights, no bedwetting, really proud of myself. And I was like, obviously I have this thing beat. Somebody's a big boy now, you know, like I was like all cocky and guess what? The sixth night and we're on these cots six night. I wet the bed and the next day I realized, and there's like this pee stain on the cot it was like this dark green cot but you tell there was a definite pee stain so my way around that because your boy's a thinker was I got a bunch of water from my canteen and I wet the entire cot so the cot was entirely the same wet cot (laughs) oh my god you guys all to say that I did wet the bed uh all each night at BravoCon. No, 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 guys, I beat, I beat it. I beat it last year and I think we're doing good so far. No, 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 no. But it, I mean, that is, that's a confession of a bedwetter, you guys. Anyways, I don't know how I got in on that, uh, but I'm glad, what a nice little diversion. Was that nice for you guys? So anyways, I wake up this morning and I get to go on fire. Oh, so yeah, I think it was growing up in Kansas. Yeah, so I was just loving, I love anything TV and it's never changed. So to be able to do this show, to do any kind of like news things, to even be a BravoCon, it's not lost on me how amazing that is. My dad sent me a text uh, this morning going, you sure lead an interesting life. But it seemed kind of like a worried text because I was like, dad, I'm up early. I'm four hours of sleep. I'm about to go on the news. He was like, you sure do lead an interesting life. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so I get up, no pants, but look, you know, it's like a party on the bottom, business on the top. It's like the clothing version of the mullet. <laughs> That's actually a pretty, that, I should patent that, the clothing version of a mullet. Anyways, I sit down, uh, got the Zoom up. In fact, I was so worried that I got the Zoom wrong. I was, I was just, I was... You know, think about how many technical issues I have even on this show. And by the way, I want to also let you know, a lot of people reached out about Danny Murphy in regards to uh, some breathing and coughing. He was sick coming back from his overseas trip he talked about. So he is okay. He even let me know. He was supposed to come in the studio to do that with me, but he couldn't because he was getting over being sick. But I love, love, love Danny Murphy, and I hope you guys loved hearing from him. So get up, do this, and uh, it was just, they told me it was going to be like a four to five minute segment, and let me play you this segment right now. This is the segment. Back at 1014, if you're a fan of the Real Housewives and other Bravo reality shows, this weekend was basically like your Super Bowl. Big, big weekend. Yeah, huge deal. We had the uh, Potomac premiere last night, and at the same time, BravoCon 2023 was underway in Las Vegas. But since we didn't get to go, we are turning to someone who did, and you Usually goes to these things for all of the details. So bad, it's good. Podcast host Ryan Bailey joins us now live this morning. Ryan, good morning. 
Good morning, Jeanette and Tucker. We are at the Super Bowl, or we're at the end of the Super Bowl. I feel like you have, like, the radio announcer voice, by the way. You could announce this. (laughs) (laughs) I've been screaming for three days. I've been screaming (laughs) for three days at Bravo Liberty, so it's very deep. So, Ryan, tell us what we missed. I mean, I know some of the highlights, but uh, in your opinion, what what were some of the best moments? Well, some of the best moments, we had Ariana Maddox and Tom Sandoval from mm-hmm. Vanderpump Rules coming fresh off the heels of Scandoval. So they shared a stage together, and you can tell there is still no love lost. Very tense, very tense. We also had Kyle Richards talk about her separation from her husband, Mauricio Omansky from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Also, another breakup, Summer House's Lindsay and Carl. Sure. Uh, he... Uh, broke. Yeah, he broke off their, their engagement close to their wedding, and they Ooh. shared a stage for the first... Ryan, no, you know, yes. oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, I mean, this is your thing, Tucker. The, yeah, clearly, Ryan, so. I'm passionate here, Ryan. I'm passionate. <laughs> what surprised you most? Yeah, I'm passionate too. Yeah, what surprised you uh, most? What surprised me the most is 30,000 fans came out for this, and you just saw pure joy oh. everywhere. I mean, in terms of surprises, we see these wrestling matches on Bravo every day, but the real surprise was showing how many people came from far and wide to celebrate these shows and these Bravo liberties. Yeah. And to me, that was a huge surprise. It says a lot about these franchises and what, what Andy has done. I got to ask you, since we're in D.C., obviously, um, anything Real Housewives of Potomac related. I think I saw a clip of folks booing Robin after she... Yes. Yeah. What happened well, there? Well, boo well, because Robin didn't share a lot. She's hid her relationship and her relationship problems with Juan. But the Real Housewives of Potomac ladies do it like no other. They were the funniest panel of the weekend. The way they bounce off of each other, uh, truly a delight to watch. They can make an episode out of anything. Let me ask you, I know, uh, especially a couple of seasons ago, um, I mean, they were just leading, crushing it when it came to ratings. Who do you think will be the, the leading franchise this time around? Well, right now, it's not Housewives. It's Vanderpump Rules. We are still in Scandal Mania. The show was announced to come back for season 11, uh, January 15th. They showed the first teaser trailer, and the excitement was palpable in the room. So that's the big one. And then, of course, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills right now is a juggernaut because of the Mauricio-Kyle Uh, yeah. separation. Oh, I've got so much going on. I'm it's, just going to have to be full-time here. It's, I mean, how are you going to do it? You're going to have to cut some hours off of your TV uh, time. I gotta it's say, a full-time job. It it's really a full-time is. job watching this stuff. Someone's got to do it, right? I, it's remarkable to see what Vanderpump Rules has done uh, because prior to this scandal, they weren't really that popular and it really turned things around. Season 8 and 9 were not spectacular, but season 10 was already good, and then the scandal happened, and the production was able to uh, really capture something that was kind of incredible and really shot that show up to a space that it's never been before. And what's great is that it spilled people over to watch other Bravo shows as well. Right, we got to wrap it, but uh, just real quick, how were Andy's dance moves? I I hear that Andy had an amazing dance uh, (laughs) ensemble there to kick things off. Oh, he had showgirls. His dancing was so-so, but he is a showman. <laughs> and it was amazing to see him surrounded by like 10 professional Vegas showgirls and guys. And it was truly, he's the new Wayne Newton of Bravo. Wow. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much, our, our, I guess, our expert on everything BravoCon. Appreciate it. <laughs> and make sure you check thanks, out uh, his podcast, So Bad It's So Good. Um, Ryan Bailey joining us this morning. Thanks again. Steve, send it over here. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steven, send it over to you. Uh, listen, yeah, she got the name of the podcast wrong. It's not so bad. Uh, so bad. It's so good. Even though that's a good, good title, maybe I should just change it to that. But no, but I think it was okay. I think I did okay, right, guys? If you want to see the video of that, just search Fox 5 News uh, BravoCon, and it should pop up for you if you want to see it. I, uh, My sister loved it. I sent it to my dad. Uh, my dad, being technologically challenged, says it's not working for him. So I'll be back in Arizona, I think, this week. So I will teach him how to see this clip, but uh, I was so excited to do that. Okay, so then I'm so like jacked, you know, like I'm like so excited to have done that. And I thought I was going to get a couple more hours of sleep before I had to check out at 11, but I figured, you know what? I tried to lay back down and I couldn't. So I was like, let's just get going. But I felt like death warmed over and I got going. I, I did the car ride home from Vegas to LA and I immediately got home and I crashed hard for like three hours. And it was the, that kind of sleep where you're just like dead to the world. Like it was hard sleep. It wasn't bedwetting hard sleep, but it was hard sleep. And I was having dreams about BravoCon and I had Southern Charm on in the background. And I think Austin appeared in those dreams. Uh, you know, usually he's going to appear in my dreams dreams anyways nightmares nightmares no but it was it was great uh i'm just so anyways i'm still a little froggy so this isn't going to be long wednesday's episode we get back to the long episodes we'll be doing a real housewives of beverly hills recap from last week and i know the new episode airs on wednesday so and i'll and i'll get that out to you for friday and we'll get back to a normal schedule but i got to talk about this week's episode we got to do it and juliana carosa sent amazing notes so i want to fully act out that episode because there are some moments oh the pretty woman stuff you guys the Mauricio Kyle fight about tattoos if this whole season is about tattoos color me excited but oh my Dorit going I took out ten thousand dollars from the bank beep boop 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 and I got mugged (laughs) I mean really unlucky stuff happening over there but the pretty woman stuff with Berlin singing take my breath away which actually is from Top Gun and not pretty woman was also just like a chef's kiss uh, but also be doing a full BravoCon update on Wednesday with more detailed information. So get ready for a long one. I don't know why I'd be doing this Adam Sandler voice. But uh, I, yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, listen, I don't know what's going on in pop culture because I have really not paid attention to a lot of other things. I just opened up Daily Mail and I guess there was some fashion awards some like CFDA. You guys, I shop at Old Navy. That's all I know. Call me when it's the Old Navy Awards. But, you know, I I guess Kim did another look. They honored uh, Serena Williams, I think. I don't know. It was a night for fashion lovers. I saw Evan Ross Katz was with Jenna Lyons, Jenna fucking Lyons, who didn't make it to BravoCon this weekend. So that was cool. Um, I just, I wish I had the draw, the pull to fashion like a lot of you guys do. But I will be updating more and more about BravoCon as the week progresses, but uh, I wanted to uh, just hop on, say a quick hello, and also thank you to the Patreon baddies. I did another update on the car ride home with more information because last night's update, I was dead tired, and I was like, 
It was like that bordering thing after you've had like four intense days and you're kind of like depressed, a little sad that it's over, trying to like remember everything and you're just so dead tired. Your body is just spent. It's so funny, you guys. I went to like 13 Coachella's and each, it, this potentially, and it's because I'm getting older, was, and I didn't even do any drugs at BravoCon. And, uh, you know, I felt like my, I still feel like my body is wrecked. So this is 9 p.m. I'm going to put this out and get my little butt to bed. I don't know. Get my little butt to bed. What is what what is happening to me? Get my little butt to bed. Oh, you guys. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll get back to the normal schedule because there is so much. But I gotta catch up on my Bravo shows. I'm just excited BravoCon's over so I can get back to watching Bravo. I already watched the season premiere of Potomac a couple weeks ago, but I want to rewatch it. I want to watch Married to Medicine. I want to watch Real Housewives of Miami. I just watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills again. I fell asleep during Southern Charm, and then my just guilty pleasure shows like Love After Lockup. I need to watch Welcome to Plathville. I need to watch. Um, it's just too many good shows to watch right now. But uh, I just wanted to thank you for sticking with the show. Really, thank you. And thank you to Betches, as always. Betches is the one that set up that news interview. And I hope I get to do more of those. That truly is just a dream realized. And, uh, you know, you don't get paid for those, which I, I would, like, I'm happy to do that for free. That was just so, so dang exciting in a moment that I will never forget. And uh, I just thought that was so, so, uh, not in a bragging way. I just thought it was just uh, really, really neat to do. I was like, if little... Little Ryan Bailey, who used to wet the bed, could see big Ryan Bailey with no pants on on Fox 5 DC. He would just be over the moon. So that one's that one's that one's for you, you little bedwetter, Ryan. That one's for you. Okay, you guys, Gabby Conti, uh, she is. She's amazing, but she has this podcast, Bad Influencer, which is a narrative storytelling podcast that takes place in nine episodes. You guys are totally going to dig this. This is right up your alley. It has special appearances in this by Kristen Doty, Demois, uh, Perez Hilton, all of the kind of pop culture people that you would want to be involved in something like this. But I think Gabby Conti is always just one to watch regardless. You need to follow her on Instagram, but go support because we want more things like this. I love when pop culture, we can talk about it, we can watch it, but I love when it's kind of, you, you kind of little pivot and you do something like a narrative podcast, a storytelling podcast. And these episodes are really tiny. So you can burn through this in way, like in less than a day, like completely easily. But uh, go check it out. Remember to rate that podcast podcast five stars it's always the nicest thing to do for podcasters regardless if you think oh they're they got a podcast they must be doing great most of the time no you got to go support you got to rate it five stars do whatever you can do to support so we can get more things like this but uh here she is remember wednesday beverly hills recap and bravo con coming at you here she is the one and only gabby conti you guys, welcome back to So Bad It's Good, presented by Betches Media. Today, we have a returning guest. It's been years, though, since she's been on, and she has been insanely busy. This is going to be a great conversation, because not only do we get to talk about her new podcast, which is highly bingeable and something that you guys will totally dig, but we'll get into all the pop culture of it, because she loves the shows that we love. And by the way, 
her new podcast, Bad Influencer, you can see how much she appreciates the uh, the lifestyle that we represent every day. I got to tell you about this new podcast. I am starting to feel like the Huffington Post of good podcasts, of things that you guys need to check. I'm an aggregator at this point, which I'm completely happy with. But this, uh, this podcast, there's nine episodes. All nine episodes are out right now. They're bite-sized. And they're like, the longest episode is 20 minutes, you guys. You can binge this all at once. You can kind of continue it throughout your day or through your week, but it tells an actual story. This is what I love. I love when podcasting does something a little different, where it's actually telling a story, where there's this, it's almost like a movie. You know, there's voice actors, there's production, there's sound effects, and it takes you through kind of a serialized story. Now, this is the log line for this, you guys. A wannabe nobody makes a wish and wakes up a famous influencer only to find herself caught in nonstop scandals. Featuring Demois, Kristen Doty, Perez Hilton and Christy Carlson Romano, Badfluencer is a romantic comedy for your ears set in the current New York City influencer world, which is where I'm at right now, folks. I'm in New York City. Now, the the creator of this is also uh, an author. We've talked about her book before, 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s, that came out in 2020. And since that book, she is now uh, happily married. Uh, so much is going on. But ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the show, Gabby Conti. Gabby, welcome. Thank you so much, Ryan. What an intro. I am so happy to be here. Um, I, I'm kind of blown away by this podcast in the sense that it is doing something a little different. And I also want to point out, congratulations, it hit number one on uh, Apple Podcasts. And I, I mean, I think that's just insanely incredible. I mean, it, it must be so nice when you put so much work into something to see uh, success. Yeah, well, hit number one in fiction, which was a huge, like, just that that title was a massive, like, honor for me because I've been writing nonfiction for so long, aspiring to do, I wrote a couple of screenplays and pilots throughout my career, and so to have this thing that got produced be fiction and then for people to recognize it as the number one fiction podcast was a huge accomplishment, but also no surprise because I co-created it with 18 New York Times bestselling author Jane Green, who is a amazing fiction author, and basically I learned everything I needed to know about fiction writing, working with her on this, which was such a dream. Well, you, you mentioned something that I always uh, think about these days is like starting off as an actor in Hollywood and then kind of um, pivoting in certain ways, using the same strengths. You talk about writing pilots and movies and all of this stuff. You couldn't have imagined of like, well, maybe I could put those same skills and that same muscle and actually learn a lot, but I could do it through podcasting. Where did that idea even come to pivot to telling a story through a podcast? Well, it came from the opportunity. So a bad influencer is not the first uh, type of podcast like this. There's this also no. amazing network called Rom-Com Pods that does this like chef's kiss perfectly. But it is under, there's not as much content of this out there when you look at the whole podcast marketplace. Um, so the opportunity was actually presented to me. I met Jane at my best friend's wedding and she had just binged my- well, That's other a rom-com right there. You're at my best <laughs> totally. friend's wedding? And then we were sleepless in Seattle with each other. Yeah, exactly. And there was also a wedding singer. Um, but yeah, so I met Jane at my best friend's wedding. She had just coincidentally had just binged my other podcast, Am I Dating a Serial Killer? And was a big <laughs> fan. And that's not a fiction podcast. That's a true crime, true dating podcast where people tell me they're like crazy, insane dating stories. And we have a licensed expert. Sometimes they work for the FBI, weigh in on how dangerous that relationship was and give listeners tips on how to survive the really crazy, scary dating world that we all live 
Britain. And Jane was a big fan of it. And she had just started Emerald Audio, a female-driven, female-run storytelling network. And she was looking to acquire more projects. And she had just started with her project called Rainbow Girl, which is in a similar like vibe as Bad Influencer, which was the sequel to the book that she had just released called uh, Sister Stardust. So she started the network with that. And we just got to talking. And she had this idea about Bad Influencer. And this was like one of those moments in life where it's like I had done all the preparation for this opportunity unbeknownst to me because she like didn't really know the influencer world as well and from working for Hollywire for the past three years and and covering influencer and celebrity tea I was so tapped into it and had actually even written a pilot about it called Saddle Ranch (laughs) Which I I wrote. Which, by the way, is the epicenter of influencer culture in Los Angeles. Yeah. Very much. And I wrote that during the pandemic, and it was where all these celebrities were going, and more influencers, all these influencers were going to Saddle Ranch every day. And so I kind of like, and I sent that to her. And also, I had adapted my book, 20 Guys You Date in Your 20s, into a movie. So I had also had that screenplay. So it was really like, I was so prepared for this opportunity. And we just got to talking, and Jane had the idea of like, you know, it's it's like 13 going on 30 meets big. It's this girl who wants to be a famous influencer, but she doesn't know how to do it. She becomes it. And then I was like, oh, I know exactly where we go from here. And so there's a lot of familiar plot lines, like, you know, the love triangle with the best friend, which I wrote pre-Sandoval, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> which ended up Which is great that you got Dodie in there. It's great that yeah. Kristen Dodie, a voice actor, amazing choice. Yeah. So that's kind of how, in terms of how the story came together. And then, and then there was the thing that, you know, when you listen to it, like Kristen isn't the star. She's like a, fe- no. they're all, they're all featured, which we were so grateful for because it also kind of tapped into the marketing of it where we wanted, you know, you call a show about influencer. We wanted to have real influencers in it. And so I kind of looked into who I was connected with, who I knew, who I had relationships with. And I was so, so grateful that Kristen and Dumois and Perez and Christy were also willing to lend their voices and have such great sense of humors about themselves and kind of almost like make fun of themselves in a way as they played themselves. Well, I also think it's great, Dumois and Perez, to have those two. It's very interesting because Perez was where a lot of us started in terms of online uh, celebrity gossip. And it, it is kind of... Uh, I don't know if blossom is the word, but it is supercharged to where we're at with Demois. And I think that is very interesting to be able to have those two bookends in this show, which is just kind of cool from a pop culture lover standpoint to have both of those uh, those voices in this. I mean, where do you think in terms of like celebrity pop culture – how it's changed. And even like, you know, we're fans of this stuff, but we cover this stuff as well. What are the big changes? And I know this doesn't necessarily have to do with bad influencer, but where, where have you seen this kind of changing in the last like 20 years and where do you see it headed? Yeah. So, well, it, 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 we do kind of touch on this in the show, but also just from like an entertainment reporter standpoint and from, I mean, I've been covering entertainment news since college. Like I, so like, and it is insane to me how so much of celebrity news when we were growing up was paparazzi. Like that was all the access we really had. It was paparazzi and then it was blogs, right? And now so much of celebrity news is being driven by celebrities themselves because of social media. And so oftentimes stories are breaking 
breaking on TikTok or Instagram before <laughs> the outlets can even cover it. So if you are like me and 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 like you, I'm assuming Ryan, you you follow all of these random celebrities that you talk about, you know the tea before the big outlets themselves. But then we have this other level, which I think we still had when we were growing up, and I think we saw this in the form more of like a page six and more of the blind items and also what early Perez was doing. And those are the tea pages. Now, Dumois to me feels kind of like a tea page. You could best, you know, you describe Dumois as a celebrity gossip Instagram account, which is kind of like a page six, but these tea pages are also really quick too, because especially with like Gen Z influencer TikToker culture, they are the ones that are watching when friends unfollow each other or block each other or post something, <laughs> they get the screen recordings that they delete. Like they they are on this stuff. So it's oh, all there. And I think we're going to probably see more of that, I think, as social media grows. But I think what we have started to see since the beginning of social media is celebrities are a little bit more savvy about how they use social media because they know that anything they post is going to be screen recorded and screenshotted, which is why it's more interesting to follow the younger celebrities who haven't figured that out yet. No, I mean, it really, it's, 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 I keep using like on steroids as a way to describe things, but it seems like pop culture were added on steroids because yeah, like when I grew up, you had the entertainment tonight's the, you know, access Hollywood's and, and, you know, even maybe E news tonight. And now it has just exploded into, into our hands, second screen technology. You know, we can move so quick Demois can spot you down a street or somebody can put in a blind item. Or like you said, these TikToks, it's like a little, like a, a slew of Watergate detectives breaking down every move that, you know, we, I couldn't have dreamed about this as a kid. Like I loved this, but I couldn't, I mean, to, to get where we're at today, but also then to what your show deals with is the, the aspirational, um, element of this, of wanting to be these people of wanting to live these lives. And I think that's the interesting point is sometimes, you know, and I know you're a fan of the Kardashians and you watch the show. You know, I, I sometimes argue with myself, is this aspirational anymore? Because it seems like such an albatross around their necks sometimes, you know, as, 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 as amazing as the money and the clothes and all this stuff is, there seems like, God, there's, there's like a deep recess of pain here. Why are we, you know, is, is celebrity culture still aspirational? Why does this character want to be, you know, like that's the stuff I question now. Yeah, I hear that too. And ex and especially looking back at like Kim and Courtney's like very public feud, you know, like, and it seems like Courtney is like trying to take a step back. Also the pressure of like, she is about to give birth. Like I can't imagine have a being about to give birth. And like you were saying on your last podcast, having to worry about a birthday Instagram post. So the public doesn't think you're still fighting with your sister. And was it loving enough? Like, was the post, right. I mean, it, it, it was like, like, I was just like, does Kris Jenner have to negotiate the birth? birthday stories and posts and stuff like that. Someone is, you know that, you know, someone is, but yeah, I don't, I don't know when you're watching the Kardashians, like, yes, sure. The money is aspirational, but it's also at a point where you kind of understand why like Rob isn't involved anymore because it's so in your face and it's so there. And these, I, I feel like they don't ever get to like catch a break. They never get to just like be on their own. And it's probably a big reason why like Kim's is having such a hard time dating. Or if she is dating someone, she's doing it <laughs> privately, which I really think she is because of how her relationship with Pete was so, so not only so public, but also it got so messy with her divorce with Kanye and Kanye was such a jerk about it. Like I under, if I was Kim, I totally get it. And I understand why celebrities want to try to date 
communicate privately when they can, which I think is why so much of the public, anytime we see a celebrity dating so publicly like a Taylor and Travis, we're so quick to question it because we're like, well, is it authentic? Why are they shoving it in our faces? Oh, I mean, we question the reality of everything these days. And even like, you know, it's funny that Pete was who Kim picked for a starter boyfriend after Kanye. I mean, what a starter boyfriend. And now it's like, okay, that Band-Aid's off. So the Kanye of it all particularly can maybe go by the wayside. But then I was just thinking, you know, we were got, we got pushed paparazzi photos last week of Bradley Cooper and, uh, uh, Gigi Hadid. Right. Um, uh, and there was some recent ones of them. Yeah. They're walking in the rain. He's wearing his Ellen, (laughs) Ellen DeGeneres underwear. And we were seeing them pop up and I'm like, is this like soft launching in terms of like putting a couple pictures out there to kind of test the waters. And then on the other hand, you have Irina shake, which is Bradley's ex. They have a kid together. They had a, a, I don't know. it It wasn't a press release, but they said, you know, her and Tom Brady, it's cooled off. It's not happening anymore. And I was like, well, how kind of that is that Bradley Cooper waited until that cooled off so he could get into the news with Gigi with the Ellen underwear. And I just find it so that's the fascinating part of celebrity pop culture now is that we're on it immediately and we can influence the rise and fall of these relationships so much quicker. Yeah, and I I bet you that the public opinion on relationships kind of like decides whether or not if the couple wants to stay together, if it is kind of like somewhat PR. And it seems like people were kind of on board for Bradley and Gigi, or they like they were happy to see Gigi. Like I think I think people were happy to see Gigi not with Leo. Like I think people were just like pleased that that was like over. And also, like, when you look at her dating relationships, like, you have Zane, who's, like, you know, was his, has his own issues. Then you have Leo, and now you have Bradley, and you're like, oh, that's nice, like, good for them. But then did you also hear the whole thing about Irina, like, setting them up, because, but also wanting Bradley back? I mean, just a couple of months ago, her and Bradley looked like they were on a vacation in Italy. Yeah, like, like, a I don't vacation, know, I, yeah. And now that, they, that her and Tom are, like, over, something tells me that I wouldn't be surprised if you see Irina and Bradley together, like, next month or next week. But you can date in secret. You can keep things private if you want to. It's just that that's when we question the reality of a certain situation because you can keep it private. These people sometimes do want to be public. Um, sorry to go back to the show really quick. Oh, no. uh, bad influence of the podcast. <laughs> I was struck. trying to promote. I'm, yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so sorry, you guys. I got to talk. No, no. Um, <laughs> what I was impressed by, and this is kind of a geek thing, is just the sound design on this thing. I mean, you got this, you got the sounds in New York. You've got all of this. I mean, it really does put you in there. So if you close your eyes, you guys, uh, which I like to do, uh, you can picture this. This is filmic. This is, you, you, you can hear the sounds of the street. You can hear them walking and talking. How do you even go about once you've captured these voice performances, which I want to talk about in a second, how do you go about then piecing this together of, you know, and how, you know, how on hands were you with all of that? Yeah, so very on, very hands on from the writing. Yeah, hands on, not on hands, you guys. Sorry, my <laughs> dyslexia comes out in my actual vocal speech. It's okay. I, I'm also dyslexic, so I totally understood what you were saying. <laughs> um, but no, it was a very hands on from the writing and how I was how I was writing the script to then being involved in sessions to then being very involved to post production. Um, we had an incredible team that put this all together and was our engineer and the sound designer of it. But so much of me writing the script was writing in a way where it was very clear what the sound effects were and when they were coming up. So when you're writing for audio, similar to like writing for television and film, you replace all of your action lines with sound effects. So anytime I would, and we didn't have a narrator, 
narrator for this, which a lot of these types of podcasts yeah. do. They have a narrator or they have an inner monologue. And we didn't have that. So I had to be like extra, extra careful that anytime I was setting up a scene that we had those sound effects. So it was very clear of where it is and what was happening also not only in the sound effects, but also in the dialogue. And then, so when we went to go record it, we had this amazing talented cast of actors that completely crushed it. And so I was there in the sessions making sure that the lines were being said in the way that I intended them for the, the sake of the story. Yeah, how do you direct voice acting? You know, I mean, is it the same as, you know, on camera? Like, how do you direct a very specific uh, a vocal? You know, that's all we get to hear. How do you go about trying to even get those performances? So you're listening more for pronunciation and clarity, but also for the emotion behind the line and to make sure that the way they're saying the line is the motion, the is the is the like motive that you're trying to get across and that they're saying it with that way. But in, in a lot of ways, I'm putting that into the actual dialogue. But sometimes, you know, if a line is like sarcastic or if, you know, you just want to make sure that they're hitting it right. Um, and I, I wasn't the official director, but I think possibly on the next project I will be directing because I got to kind of like flex that muscle back from like theater days of directing. And so a lot of it is like you never want to give a line read, right? Like every yeah. actor hates that. But yeah. it's kind of like giving them the direction of, okay, like let's say this line like you are saying, you know, X, Y, and Z or like you're, you're – or this is the motive. This is what you're trying to get across by saying this line. But I mean a lot of the actors had – they came into the session with such strong understanding of their character – of their motive, of what was going on. Like they clearly did their homework, they read the script. So in terms of doing that, I mean, those t those places were few and far between. But then also when it came to the post, there was a lot of the editing, not on the actor's lines, but sometimes on the sound effects, on like not having the right sound that you needed and like giving the note on that or making sure we didn't have like a car passing over an actor's line. <laughs> um, and this is actually kind of funny. In the scene with um, with Kristen, uh, it takes place <laughs> in a bathroom and there was a sound <laughs> there was a sound effect of running water throughout the entire scene. And when I was listening to it back, I'm like, we got to cut that. It sounds like the two of them are at urinals, like peeing. <laughs> Kristen's uh, weak pelvic like flooring you heard throughout the she entire scene yeah she doesn't know that that's like but I was like we have to remove that so thankfully we removed that and now I think it makes a lot more sense I mean who most surprised you with their vocal performance Perez I was Perez is like I just he is like it, we forget that he is also an actor and the way yeah that, you got, he was on an episode of the Sopranos way yes, back in the day yeah yes and he did such a good job when we so we initially only had him play him like himself as like him saying the news and saying the story and the tea and then we had we were looking for an influencer to be the one to kind of spill the tea about what's going on with these like two main characters relationships and we were out to some like other influencers and we couldn't get it to work and we'd already cast Perez for that line, I was like, oh my God, wait, Perez would totally know in this world. Like how funny to have Perez at this influencer event that's meant to be a OC influencer event. And then also we get to like throw his like whole like feud with Misha Barton in there and like reference it. Uh, and it, and, and it was funny because writing that scene for him, I was actually texting him as I was writing it. And when I told him, I was like, oh yeah, so you know, you're going to be at like an OC event. And he was like real housewives of Orange County. And I was like, oh, perfect. Amazing. Like, so that just went, he basically wrote his lines yeah. in, in a way. <laughs> that's what I love about us pop culture lover, lovers is that we all have a shorthand. We all know know the kind of same building blocks that we all have like I love that kind of give and take in terms of like the the pop culture of it all and there's tons of 
tip of the hat to all of that. And that's what's going to kind of keep you guys in this, even though there is a through line story here. But that's what I love. I love celebrating things that celebrate the stuff we love, but does it in a different genre or form. And I think fiction storytelling with the podcast, like how do you get cooler than that? And that's why you've got to support this. <laughs> Once again, reminder, go subscribe to this podcast, Bad Influencer. And before you do anything, what do we always tell people that listen to this show that come on? Rate it five stars before you even listen to it. If you're taking the time, it does something. It really does help this thing because all nine episodes were released for your consumption. But we don't want it to be like certain Netflix shows where you talk about it one weekend and then it's just completely forgotten about. Like Love is Blind. I was so into that. And now I've forgot, forgotten about it completely. Turns out it was just last week. I thought it was like a month ago. It was just last week, season five. So we want this to keep going because my thought was, where do we go in season two with this? Yeah. So season two, I really want to set it in Los Angeles. I just, and kind of White Lotus it. So take some of the the characters that we've already established in season one, but bring in a whole new cast of characters and new influencers. And maybe you, Ryan, you could play yourself. We could have- Yeah, come on. Where the hell was my audition? I could be a barista. I could be like, hey, do you you want want, uh, cream on your coffee? Like, I mean, come on. We could have one of the influencers go on your podcast. Please, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is the kind of work I need, folks. Um, I was thinking about that while I was listening. I was like, what the, where, where, where was old Ryan Bailey in this? You, you know, got you Christy were, Carlson Romano. Come on. I thought, I seriously did think of you. I'm not, I'm not kidding. But when we got, when we got, if, if actually this, if Dumois didn't do it, I think I would have had you do it as the podcast. Oh my God, Dumois. God, I, I, I just, I love Dumois. I love Dumois. I love, I love Perez. Like it is interesting to even see the trouble that they get themselves into sometimes because they are commenting all, you know, just, it is what a, what a tangled web pop culture weaves. Um, so, okay. So season two, that is a possibility. We just need to make sure we keep listening to this to get it. But I feel like this is a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like we definitely have the audience there. So yeah, the more, the more support we can get, the more reviews, um, we have a lot of people that are mad that there's ads on the podcast. That's how you make a podcast. I hate to break it to you. And, um, obviously I let every influencer that came on do a little plug of what they're promoting, much like they would do if they went on an interview style podcast. Yeah, Uh, but well, also the, the, the company that you, uh, that, that, that actually I think represents, it's like a dating site. Um, yes. like an online, what is that called? So first rounds on me, we were actually yeah. really lucky for this because we were having a hard time launching the show because we were having a hard time getting sponsors. There was also a time in the podcast market where it was just like no one was, was being sponsored, especially for a newer network like Emerald Audio. And so I had this idea that we should be reaching out to a company that that isn't in the podcast space, is not an advertiser. And I had worked with First Rounds on Me for all the writing I do for dating, for Cosmo, and for Giddy. And I knew the founder. And so I pitched this to them. I said, are you interested in this? And they were. And it was such a perfect match for it because we ended up having a scene already written that was basically dragging dating apps. And we well, were Gabby, able- that's what I thought. I thought almost that they created this show because no. I thought it fit so well. No. And that's what I was like, oh, did this company go, hey, do this? And that, that's fascinating. Yeah. So the show was already there. We already had the space for them. And then we we pitched it to them as like, okay, so we can you can be our sponsor. We'll say it's presented by you. We'll put an ad for the podcast and we'll put an ad for your dating app, which I actually, I, I'm married now, so I'm not on dating apps, but I got to play around with it and I got to like hear about it. And I really do feel that they are revolutionizing dating because- Yeah, like you d- plan your first date on the app. And yeah. I, by the way, she didn't tell me to say any of this. I was no. just listening to the show and I was listening to the ad and I was like, oh, I was trying to see why it was different. And it was like, you plan your first date. 
Right. And when I went on my 30 dates in three days, I was oh, actually- Oh, did we lose you? you? Oh, hi. Can you hear me? Oh. No? Okay, Gabby. Sorry. You froze oh. up real quick. Okay, there you are. Um, um, yeah, I was listening to it. I was like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. And when I went on my 30 dates in three days, I was using dating apps the way First Rounds on Me is designed, which is the whole thing of meeting in person as soon as possible. And I believe that that's what led me to my husband, which is why I was such a firm believer in this app. Um, and it was just like the perfect situation that we had. We already had the content that was perfect for them. And I'm so happy that they were willing to come on board. And I hope that people have downloaded the app since listening. And maybe people <laughs> have gotten some great dates since listening. I hope people have gotten married since last <laughs> month. I hope people have done that. Just Well, I mean, what did you say? Even I was listening. What is it? Like a uh, perfect date should be like 30 minutes or something? An hour, which is one, hour, round, that's of, which is one round of drinks, which is exactly all you commit when you go on first rounds on me. It's just one round. You're not committing to more than that. I mean, that's so much pressure though. You see that the time ticking by, you're getting close to the hour. You're like, is this going good or not? Which by the way, I do recommend her book as well. <laughs> like it was really a wild take of like a social experiment that actually turned out working uh, great for you in the long run. I mean, you are married, but it is, um, that is, uh, I think, a movie waiting to happen. My gosh. Well, let's hope so. I mean, I have the script, so we're hopefully going to be able to <laughs> Um, Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit about other pop culture things, uh, the stuff that uh, Bad Influencer, the stuff that that she loves, that we all love, and you love these shows that we all love, Housewives, Kardashians. Um, What are you currently watching out there? Okay, so I watch my. I have never watched Real Housewives like in its entire. Like I've never watched a full like season of Real Housewives before. Um, the first. Is that, season, do you consider that self care? What What are you doing? What is? <laughs> no, I don't know. I guess maybe because like when everyone got into it, I just I was more into. The, I was always more into like The Bachelor, and then later I got really into Vanderpump Rules, which was actually like after meeting Kristen, which is like a whole other funny thing. Um, but I never really was like a housewives person. Uh, and then when, and then actually I interviewed a real housewife of Toronto recently who, who wrote a book called most hated. Her name's Kara Alloway. And she was given the villain edit and I got to watch that whole show to prepare to interview her for her book launch. And so after that, I was like, I love this. I'm into housewives. And then when real housewives of New York came out, I was like, oh, it's a a new chapter for me to start. I watched the whole, the whole first season and I'm hooked and I can't believe I'm the same age as them. <laughs> Wait, did you end up watching uh, the reunion for Roni last night? I haven't gone to watch the reunion yet, but I'm really looking forward to doing that. <sighs> By the way, you could get a housewife for season two. You want me to become a housewife? No, no. Put one in <laughs> season on two of Bad Influencer. Yes, yes, get a get a housewife actor for I that. Should. They would love that it. Would, that would be amazing. I would love that so much. But I'm yeah, I'm obsessed with them. I think they're so so amazing and so like. I don't know. And this and this whole season, I thought, I don't know. I love New York. I was born in New York City. So I really like connected a lot to that. I lived in New York briefly. Um, and I know you're living there now, right? Well, I know I'm going back and forth and it oh is wild because I am trying to get the lay of the land. It is wild. I'm finally getting like to know my way around certain areas, but I still don't know how it all pieces together. I'll just be like, okay, now I'm here. And I think I know these buildings around here. And now we're over here in a completely different area, but I don't really take the time to know how it all connects. Yeah. It's, it takes a while. When I was there, I was living in Brooklyn, but when I was born, we lived in the Upper West Side and I lived in Connecticut growing up. So I was always like back and forth in the city. And I feel like I knew like Soho, like that area really well, but other than that and like Midtown, but like other than that, I did not know where I was going. Um, but no, I, I really loved, I love this first season of Housewives and I'm excited to see where the second season goes. 
We got to get you on more of these housewife shows to watch because you are going to be blown away. Like New York was great, but it's like, I mean, it's very tame. Like we're fighting over like text messages and restaurants. But if you get to like a season of Jersey or even this season of Salt Lake, you are going to lose your mind potentially. It's not going to go well. (laughs) Well, yes, maybe it was like a good intro. But yeah, I I felt like the only drama was about like not getting fed enough or like thinking that they're like not opening up to each other enough in in New York. So yeah, maybe I do need to get more into like the drama. What are, what else are you watching? Um, Delicate, uh, the, with Kim Kardashian. Okay. Okay. So she's talking American Horror Story Delicate. Yeah. I was, I was talking about this yesterday. What happened to this show? Is it still on? It's still on. I'm watching. They keep making more episodes. But here's the thing. I think why people are confused about this is they're taking so long to get to the point. Like it's taking for, but, but every time Kim comes on, it's like such a treat. She's like playing Kris Jenner. She's so good. (laughs) And it's like very dark and it's also a little grotesque to watch, but you know, I, Emma Roberts is obviously fantastic. Um, but I am so invested in it because I want to find, maybe I'm the only one still watching being like, what's, what is the, what's going to happen? Like what is the big reveal, Ryan Murphy? I feel like it just disappeared. Like, I feel like I heard about it so much for two weeks. And that's like my biggest pet peeve with pop culture is the disposable nature of the things that we consume is that I want something to stand the test of time. And I know that's a tall order, but like, that's why I love it's like you put out this podcast, bad influencer. And it's like, I worked so hard on this. I want this to last. I want people to keep discovering this. And I think we are now in this culture of you know, here today, gone tomorrow, on to the next thing. And I want to sit with something. I want to be talking about something for at least a couple of months. Like that's how, you know, when they did the serialized TV shows, which delicate is, I just, I sometimes miss that conversation where you are waiting week after week. And I think housewives at least does that. Well, I just want that for more things in pop culture because we have so much coming at us, but I don't want to forget all of these great things. I think the issue with Delicate is they should have made it more bingeable. Like, they should have released, like, multiple episodes at once, and I think people would have been more into it. I think they're losing people by breaking it up like this. Um, uh, But I think that's an interesting – now that things do come up all at once, right, we're so used to watching that that when they do serialize a show, I think it's easier to forget about it and to forget that there's new episodes unless the show is, like, really has you in a chokehold where you, like, need to know what's happening next, then you're going to keep tuning in. Yeah. I mean, um, so Kim is doing good. Like it's a, it's a part that's like written like Kim can knock this out of the park. Like I said, I, she wasn't going to be bad in this because it is written very much like Kris Jenner. There's like a wink to it. And I think that's great. But are you watching the Kardashians this season, the reality show? Oh yeah. I'm fully, I'm like, I'm all Kimmed out. Like, you know, I got her on delicate. I have her on the Kardashians and I've watched every episode of the Kardashians. And it's, what's interesting to me about the Kardashians. I feel like we know more about them from what's in the headlines. And it's interesting to see when they have caught up to what we already know about them in the press and what they're focusing on and what they're not focusing on. It must be hard for them to continue to create storylines when so much of the storylines are already kind of leaked to the public. Well, I mean, you just even said that earlier, just when in, you know, TikTok or Demois, we can put it out immediately. And these people have to wait for months of production to actually get to the storytelling part of it. So we're already well ahead. I mean, it's interesting from another angle to see it, but sometimes we're like 10 steps ahead. And I'm like, well, what narrative are you trying to push us? That's why even this season, I get so... um, 
I get so uh, kind of like, what are you guys doing with the Tristan story? What's going on? Like, right. They really seem to be like protecting him a lot and defending him a lot, which I do understand given the circumstances and the horrible circumstances that happened to him and his family. So I understand why they're being so kind and supportive, but they keep like pushing on the whole, like the like last episode where, where Chris was like, well, how would you feel if Tristan started dating someone else? And like, and how would Tristan feel if you started dating someone else? Which I love how Chloe kind of claps back at her mom being like, hey mom, remember when you cheated? Yeah. When- a lot of people think is actually is with Caitlyn Jenner, but it's it's not. There was another man that Chris cheated on Robert Kardashian with while she was married to Robert, which led to the divorce. I think we forget that like that Chris and Robert got divorced like pretty when Kim and 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 Chloe and Courtney and Robert were all pretty young, right? Yeah. I mean, no, it, and also like Corey throwing his two cents in of like, <laughs> it, I, I hope they can work it out, you know? And I'm like, why are you, I, I know Tris, we all have bad things that happen to us. I just don't understand the narrative that Chris pushes all the time of just because you have kids with these people that you need to stay with them. And I feel like Chloe, I feel like we are getting sold a bill of goods in a sense of Chloe's like, I'm not getting back together with him. And then the next episode, she'll be like, well, who's to say what's going to happen in five to 10? years and then I feel like the next episode is going to be like who knows what's going to happen in two years and by the end of the season this man's not going to move out of her house and they're going to be back together I feel like this is almost a storyline oh yeah I feel like they already are back together also do you remember how like we would keep on seeing Kim hanging out with Tristan like I think that was like a cover of like actually Chloe was also there but they didn't want to show it like I think that Chloe and Tristan are back together, but I think she doesn't want the public to be so involved in her love life because of what happened in the past, and she doesn't want to look pathetic by like being back with him in a romantic sense after he had betrayed her so many times. I just don't buy that this man's house has a faulty roof. I don't buy, I don't buy any of this. And the fact that Tristan's getting in there and like Chris is like, hey, I'm happy that I was able to make a call and get you on ESPN. This man has been this man has been rewarded for making her look like an idiot again and again. Like he is getting jobs based on his poor performance as a boyfriend and father to, to Chloe. I mean, it's wild to me. Well, yeah, I mean, Chris has to be repping him at this point, right? If she's getting him Oh, it him has gig. to be. <laughs> and then I love, I love Scott gets in. Like, finally, we're getting some Scott Disick. And Scott, Chris Jenner's like, Scott, would you like to be The Bachelor this season? Like, she could make one call to ABC, which also owns Hulu, and make right. Scott Disick The Bachelor, which for me would be the best season of The Bachelor ever. I would definitely watch that, but I feel like it would almost be like watching, like, Nick Vile's season, where it's like, you shouldn't, you're not ready for this. Like, you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if anybody's ready for a season of The Bachelor, there's issues. The only people that I think should be ready for The Bachelor are the people on The Golden Bachelor, which I have deeply fallen in love with. Are you watching? I am watching, and I, it's so funny. I was going to say that as, exact, as you were like, the only people that should be on The Bachelor are, yes, people in their 60s and 70s who have lived life and know exactly yes. what they want. It's like driver, you know, people shouldn't be able to get a driver's license until they're 18. People shouldn't be able to be on The Bachelor until they're after like 65 years old, and then once you've loved and lost and loved or hope, like that's the people that I want to see on these shows. Yeah. And, and it's also, it's just so beautiful to watch. It's also so, um, I think it's so inspiring to see that, you know, you could find love at any age and all the women are like mostly supportive of each other and seem to really like love each other, which Except is for like, that Kathy, man, that Kathy, Kathy was, <laughs> woo. 
Kathy was like not having it, but you needed that. There needed to be some drama. Um, but I, I couldn't believe the girl that went home, uh, Joan, right? Uh, her because her daughter had a baby. I mean, like that was my top pick. I was like, he's going to pick her. They're like oh. perfect for each other. And you guys, it was so heartbreaking because he was like, I, I had such, he's so soft-spoken. He's like, I completely understand you've got to, but I'm like, why can't we just say, hey, let's, pick this back up after the show. Like why? I mean, we don't have to follow ABC's guidelines. And also the only thing that made me worry about Joan, just like the other lady this past week, her daughter was getting married. Like, why are you missing important events to go on the golden bachelor? That would almost make me go, wait a sec. You don't know me. Why are you here? Your daughter just had a baby and you're here. No, you go be with your daughter. Like that's the whole point. Like, also, you knew your daughter was pregnant when you started, when you went on that, to the mansion on the first night, right? Like, it's not like this just happened. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, it really shocks me when I'm like, you gave that up for this? And I, I'm just so, but at the same time, I'm so thankful because none of them are like Instagram influencers yet. Well, uh -oh. I don't know about you, but Joan came up on my For You page uh, on TikTok and she's like oh, doing no. recipes and like doing no. all these influencer stuff. No. And so I don't know. It got me thinking. I'm like, are they setting her up to be the the, the golden bachelorette? <laughs> there they probably like the are going to do the Golden the Bachelorette, gonna, aren't they? Oh, they're definitely going to do the Golden Bachelorette, but I'm thinking maybe they're setting Joan up to do it because it's like she's the one that got away. There's like a great storyline there. And then obviously like Gary will come back and be like he's like with this new girl now or maybe or maybe if Gary doesn't find someone, he'll like come in and like put him put his hat in the ring. I really hope he doesn't do that for like the sake of I, him. I, but, I, I'm know, here to fight for the love of Joan. I <laughs> realize that you're in for – no, I just, I just hope that they don't get so caught up in this that it takes away – the initial innocence of this, even though that they're, you know, older and they've, you know, like there's such an innocence to this. And I don't, we always talk about industry plants in terms of like recording artists, you mm -hmm. know, like is Olivia mm -hmm. Rodrigo an industry plant is ice spice. Yes. But I'm like, this Gary, <laughs> is he an industry plant? Like, because he's so good looking at that age. He's mm. so kind. Oh, and he says he everything with such heart. What's that? Uh. Oh, what'd you say? Oh, can you hear me? Did I lose you? Yeah, you were frozen for a second. You oh, said okay, cool. He's, yeah. <laughs> and he's just so, he's so good looking. And he's so kind and he just takes everything. And I just think, what a great guy. But I'm like, is this guy real? Because it seems like, how did they knock it out of the park with this casting? I think they just went to Indiana. My husband's from Indiana, and that's literally <laughs> that's how everyone I'm... from Indiana is. They're just like so wholesome. I don't know what they what they put in the water there, but they're just like so wholesome and kind. I I guarantee you, they went to Indiana and they just like walked around and they're like, "You're a good looking man. Are you single?" <laughs> I mean, and by the way, if you look at old pictures of Gary, and I know I, I know I'm a straight dude, but like I I can even recognize how handsome this man is. But if you look at old pictures, he's not nearly as handsome as he is at this age. Like 73 or 74 years old is Gary's year. Yeah, I well, and, and that's probably that was is what makes him such a perfect golden bachelor because it's that whole concept of like you're really thriving like later in life and like second chances. So it's like just so perfect that they found him. But I don't know. Yeah, he could no, be a plant. He could be a plant. <laughs> I mean, that would be, I would, I just, I'm so curious what Gary's future is once you're on TV of, you know, we've seen reality stars, we've seen the cast of Vanderpump Rules, what it's done to them. Like if Gary gets into some cheating scandal or something, oh, it would no. break my heart. Also, I really hope they don't have like a golden bachelor in paradise because like I just, oh. they, they, they <laughs> just like. Could you imagine? 
I stopped watching. I, I, I one. There was one point in my life where I was watching The Bachelor. I was watching Bachelorette, and I was watching Bachelor in Paradise. But like the last couple of years, I'm like, I don't, I don't have the bandwidth to also watch Bachelor in Paradise. It's just so messy. It just makes me so sad for all of them. So yeah, if they did that with Golden Bachelor, I would be very sad. <laughs> and the Golden Bachelor, I keep saying this, it's only one hour. You only have to do one hour, not two hours like I they do with that. all the other Bachelor iterations. It's almost like they made it for senior citizens. <laughs> well, they're like, you guys do not have long. We got to get this story in right now. But I don't know, for some reason, it completely works. And I love that the ratings are so good because I think that's what people want. They want something good. They want something that like, I love watching people. I trust them that they know more about love because they've lived life. And they know exactly what they want too. Like I feel like there's less games in a good way. I mean, it, it makes for that's probably why. You know what? That's why the shows are an hour because they they have the hour of bullshit they don't have because yeah. these people are so like focused on like what they want and what they need and also are confident in who they are. I feel like so many bachelor bachelorette contestants really don't know who they are and they're misleading uh, lower thirds. Don't do anything to help them figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um- to go back to uh, uh, what you know, what you do, you, I mean, you're not only the podcast bad influencer, but you are a prolific writer. I was reading a bunch of your articles. I mean, even the ones that you put out in the last week. I mean, you guys. I mean, like, just you know, all. I mean, li- this one. I love ketamine and your sex drive. Can mm. the, the the depression treatment with ketamine and your sex drive? I actually read this. I was like, what is going on? Should I be on ketamine for depression right now? I was like fascinated. Oh yeah, no. So that's that's with Giddy, which has been so great to write for them because everything that I a lot of those articles almost feel like medical journals. Um, my my dad and I, my dad and my husband joke that it's like I have my PhD now for like writing all of these articles because I'm always interviewing medical professionals for this. But yeah, ketamine and depression. I have a I was inspired to write this because I have two friends that have done it and have seen incredible, remarkable results from it. But there is an issue in terms of cost because it's very expensive and like not all health insurances cover it. But people have really had incredible like transformative experiences and it is connected to your sex drive because obviously if you are depression affects your sex drive. So if ketamine can help cure depression, it could also help your sex drive. I mean, I, I would just, if it helped the depression, that would be great. I don't even care yeah. about the sex drive, my God. But, uh, and this other one I love, because you also write for Cosmopolitan, mm-hmm. uh, iconic uh, magazine, but this is great. 75 cheesy pickup lines that are so bad, they're good. I love that title. You uh, co-authored this one. But what are some horrible pickup lines? Because oh. I'm sure even with your dating history, you have, uh, you've been around, you've seen the gamut of horrible pickup lines. I've seen the gamuts. I actually reached out to social media for this, which was, I kind of definitely regret doing it. I posted it on my Facebook page out of all places and all of these like- <laughs> Facebook page. Wow. I'm glad Facebook is still being used. It's not just my, it's not just parents on there keeping up with the, the, the trends, but it's now pickup lines on Facebook. Amazing. And the faith, the responses I got on Facebook were absolutely disgusting and revolting and made it feel like, like, <laughs> Some people, I was like, wait, like someone said something I didn't end up posting, which was something about like putting cream in your gravy or something. And I was like, what? And I was like, why would you even say that? And he's like, I'm sorry, you said pickup lines. Like that one actually worked for me. And I'm like, how? (laughs) There should be no pickup lines with the word cream in that. There should just be no. Yeah, no, there were, and then some, and some I made up like the whole, like, are you into magic? Cause after we have sex, I'll disappear. Like, you know, like, oh my God. Oh and oh, are God. you on your are you on your period? Because you're bloody beautiful. 
Are, are, hey, uh, are you a supporter of Jesus? Because I have risen. Like, I'm just, yeah, I'm exactly. workshopping things exactly. right now. I don't no, know. There was like a lot in there, but it was, it was fun to come up with those and to, and to write them. And then also to kind of like back in my dating day, I really did have success using like a cheesy pickup line, not a bad pickup line, but a cheesy pickup line, I think is a great thing to do as an opener on, on dating apps when instead of, Hey, you know, it'll get their attention. You'll get a response. And, um, also you could use it in person. I used to have my, my favorite pickup line to use in person when I was dating at bars was always like, um, what's your girlfriend's name is what I would go to say up to a cute guy. And he would usually either, he would get flustered and then I would know he was taken or he would say, I don't have a girlfriend. And then he'd spend the rest of the night proving that he doesn't have a girlfriend. So you can take that. <laughs> that's, that's, a, yours. that's a free one, you guys. That's you just have to go one. listen to uh, Bad Influencer and you can use that. <laughs> um, uh, no, I think, what do you think of the uh, trend now of online, especially I see this on TikTok a lot, of pretty much screenshotting every like every dating app conversation. And it's usually in a negative light of making fun of the person on these apps. That's like speaking to you or you're talking to. I see that a lot. And most of the time I'm like, okay, I get it. That guy is such a jerk, but sometimes I feel complete. I feel like bad because it's like these people are just out there potentially trying to meet somebody. And now they're the subject of a TikTok video. Yeah. And back when I was doing that, like I wasn't doing screen recordings of dating apps, but there was a time which led to the 30 dates in three days where I was like, sharing about the dates I was going on, but I was always really cautious to protect the guy I was going on a date with by protecting his like identity and his name. And it was more about like how I was feeling about the situation. And we also see this trend of people yeah. spilling, spilling about their bad dates on TikTok. Uh, like the one about the girl who got 48 oysters on a date and the guy just left. <laughs> oh my God. That's what I, I was going to bring up the yeah. 48 oysters. I watched, I watched her tick. Did you watch her and her original TikTok? Oh, wait, you cut out. Oh, Oh, Gabby. Am I? No. Well, you cut out for a second. That's all oh. right. Can you hear me now? Yes, no, I was going to say, I was going to bring up the 48 oysters. I just watched that TikTok video yeah. yesterday. I mean, describe, I mean, isn't this lady gets on a first date with this guy and she orders 48 oysters and then like hush puppies and stuff. Okay. But you have to keep in mind the 48 oysters. It was a dozen oysters for $15. So she had only gotten... 15 times four, which is a number that I can't do off the top of my head because I didn't go to school for math. Um, <laughs> but like she – and also she – the way she says it is that she was – it wasn't like she asked him. Like he asked it, – it's kind of like she was going there anyway and she wanted to enjoy these oysters. And he came because he wanted to get a drink with her. So like I do see the side of, okay, he, sh he should at the very least pay for the drink, which apparently he offered after he like cashed – he whatever like said – offered a Venmo for the drink. But I also understand like, yeah, that's why first, first date shouldn't be getting food. It should just be a coffee or a drink. Um, but the, the video is insane because at first you think you're watching like one of those, like, come with me as I go to this restaurant yeah. video, but it's like actually her on the date and actually her eating all of this food and the guy like just bouncing, which I understand well, why he left. Well, listen, I'm, this is actually a little bit. I have the clip of this nigga been texting me for weeks talking to himself. Why I didn't block him, bitch, I don't know. But today I was bored and I had time, so he texted me like, can we meet for drinks? And I'm like, yeah, meet me here. They got the best fucking oysters in Atlanta, like, hands down. So I'm like, yes, I can get some. Okay, so that's a little bit of the clip of the actual two and a half minute video where not, I mean, it's, listen, oysters, if you were on a third date or a fourth, I, I think oysters put oysters not like I, I'm all down for eating 48 oysters. I'm down for a good bargain, but to 
that's a very intense food to eat 48 of in somebody else's presence that you just are meeting for the first time. And on top of that, you're filming all of this for a TikTok video. She's getting angles of all of the. Could you imagine going on a date and watching somebody create a TikTok video in front of you? I'm sorry. Like, I... I, I'm all for eating. I'm all for a good bargain. But I know what this guy must have been scared out of his mind. Yeah. So are we sure that he left because of the oysters or did he leave because she was an influencer? I mean, <laughs> she's a bad influencer. <laughs> this is what this is. You need to get her for the second season. She's no, I, come I, on. I just think I, it was such a funny uh, it was so funny to me, but I just can't imagine watching somebody because it didn't look like she was sharing the oysters either. No, <laughs> no she wasn't. They were all for her. And she was like putting hot sauce in each one. And she was like, oh shit, this is good. And I would just imagine like all of the oysters and the drinks. And then she orders a full hush puppy meal. And then the guy just bounces, which is not right. But I can't, I can only imagine he was like, what the F is going on? (laughs) Well, and also because she's filming it, he probably thought it was a prank, you know, but I guess it wasn't. I guess that this was just what she wanted to do, which I will say is kind of good. Like you do want to spend your dates doing, also don't go on a date. Like maybe that should have just been a thing that she did on her own time, right? Because like if you can just enjoy your own company by yourself, why would you want to bring a stranger that you met on a dating app? But it's also funny that he was having conversations to himself. And so it almost feels like maybe she did this because she was annoyed with him like bugging her. And he's like, oh, you want to meet me? Okay, come meet me. This is what I do. Like it kind of almost feels like she was yeah, doing it to to kind of like get revenge for him like blowing up her phone. <laughs> like, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put most of the C in my stomach during our date and and see how you respond to this much fish uh, this going into my body. I mean, it really is wild. You guys got to go check out that video. I was <laughs> I was thinking about you when I was watching it because I was like, oh my god, this would be a gr- a great twenty uh, first date aspect of this. Um, as we start winding down here a little bit, is there any other pop culture stories right now or who are your favorite pop culture figures that you always look forward to a new story? And are you going to be reading or listening to Britney Spears book this week? Oh, I can't. Okay. So I definitely will be listening to, I can't wait to listen to celebrity memoir book club. I know they're already reading it and they're going to do their recap. And I love, (laughs) I love listening to them. And I also, I also want to hear, I think they're going to say, read the book. Um, but oftentimes I'll listen to them and then I'll go read the book after. Um, so I'm really looking forward to reading the book. Uh, everything I've heard, I agree with. I've, I've hated Justin Timberlake for years and, and, uh, now I finally feel like everyone else is like seeing my side of the story. Um, I'm so sorry she went through everything that she went through. I mean, I think we already knew obviously that she had been through so much. Um, but I'm happy that she's telling her story on her terms, but I don't know if I, I mean, but then there's also like, I am on the side of TikTok with the the conspiracy theories about her. And I don't know if you want to get into that, but that is, is this on her terms? That's what my question is, is, is this her story on her terms? That's what I get worried about is like, are we getting the actual real story and how aware is Brittany of all of this because she deactivated her Instagram over the weekend then she reactivated it she also said these are stories from my past y'all I've moved on I'm great I'm like then maybe why did you write the book if you wanted to move on like I get worried about Brittany because I just feel like we always get 70% of the story 
Same. And also, I'm a little concerned that she's not doing any TV appearances. I, I feel like I want to, like, and also how we never get any clear photos of her when she's taken by the paparazzi. And she's usually wearing those, like, white sunglasses that almost, like, deflect the light, kind of like Paris Hilton's um, scarf that she had from back in the day that would kind of reflect the light from paparazzis. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of theories. I don't know which, which is true and what is not true. My wish for Britney is that wherever she is, she is happy and she's thriving. Like, who knows? Maybe Britney was like, you can take over the Britney Spears like name and do whatever you want with it, release the books, whatever, run the Instagram account. Like I'm going to Cabo and like, or I'm going to Hawaii and like peace. Like who knows? So this is potentially, we're dealing with AI Britney right now. This it's, is AI yeah, Britney. Doesn't it feel like it though? From like her, from her post, from like with the captions in the post, from also how like, you know how you could do face filters? Like I feel like all, how all of her videos, even her wedding photos, even the cover of people, like we haven't had, we haven't seen a clear photo of Britney since 2016. Like we, since she, since her residency, that's like the last time we've actually seen like a clear photo of Britney Spears. And so I think it would be very yeah. easy to like take her name and likeness. And maybe she is oh, like the you first. Up. Oh, you just froze up for a second. Take that back. I think it would be really easy to take her name and likeness and continue it. And like, maybe that really is like what the, cons maybe that was what they agreed on with the conservatorship, which she's like, I don't, I just, I don't want to perform anymore. I don't want to be a public figure anymore. You can take everything from my life so far and run with it, but I'm going to take my money and go like live my life elsewhere. Like who knows? I mean, what is, I mean, what? But why is this all going down in books now? I mean, we got the Jada Pinkett Smith. We got the Britney Spears. Like, in like, couldn't we sp spread this out a little bit? But I was thinking about that listening to Perez Hilton on your show. Is that, like, isn't it, like, I mean, we grew up in a day where Perez was one of the people making fun of Britney. I mean, we all were. We all kind of added to what we see now, you know, what it added to in her life. Um, and now with pop culture, you know, like, we've now had... We, we've seen this for 20 years. We we have such ownership over Britney Spears' story, and we were there for the Timberlake. We were there. So it's interesting to get some version of her truth now. And then I'm like, oh, my God, is Justin have to write a book and respond? Like, are we just only going to get – is this like uh, how rappers used to do, like, raps against each other? We're now just responding in uh, memoir form? Who knows? But also, you know, there's so much money in books. Unfortunately, not for authors like me who aren't famous. But if you are famous, <laughs> there's a lot of money in books. You make a ton of money. And also, it's the IP. Like, we saw with Jessica Simpson's book. Like, she released her book. It did very well because of the pandemic. She made a lot of money off of the book. And then she's adapting it into a movie or a TV show. And so I wouldn't be surprised if Britney's book also gets adapted into that movie. I know there's been talks about a movie about her life. But now if this book is on her terms and is, a, is she's approved of it, I could see them easily taking that book and turning it into a movie or a TV show. I bet you they're already discussing that right now. Well, I mean, Paris Hilton just sold her book, uh, the I, I Am Paris, I believe, A24, which is mm -hmm. one of my favorite production companies. They bought that book and they're making it into a series. Yeah. And I thought, how incredible. But it is interesting. If you really, you know, all you people that have been following pop culture for the last two decades, we are now seeing the fruits of our viewing and reading labor because we get to see this other side of it. We get to see all these figures we followed around the other side of this. I mean, Lindsay Lohan became a mom this past year for the love of God. I'm so happy about that. There was also a funny video of her reading her favorite Mean Girls lines and and then also like how many lines she like she wanted there was a line where she wanted to fix like the whole oh we don't try Sears. She's like, can we say something funnier than Sears? And they're like, that's the line. <laughs> <laughs> What's my, I mean, and by the way, you guys know they're doing a Super Bowl commercial of the cast of Mean Girls. So that will actually be amazing to see. Um, but I always think about that in terms of these Britneys and Lindsay's and Paris's um, is that 
we won't see stars like that anymore in a certain way because everybody's a star now because social media has given us all the opportunity to have our little slice, our little 15 minutes of fame, as Andy Warhol would say, and just like movie stars, you know, like even the Brad Pitt and the Angelina Jolie's, we don't really, you know, because there is so much movie stars really just don't exist. I mean, DiCaprio is potentially one of the last and he's what, 45, 46 years old now. I mean, it truly is wild, but I mean, it is an era that is kind of, you know, gone. And we of course have this new era of pop culture, which comes at us 24 seven, a mile a minute, Dumois, all that stuff. But it is interesting to see where it could possibly go. And, you know, how does that affect us, the audience? I mean, I, it's it's kind of sad, yeah, like that we've missed, the, we, that we as millennials are lucky because we got to see the golden era of, or like maybe the last celebrities really in a way. Like we got to see that last celebrity experience. And yeah, you're right. Now with social media and reality TV, it's like anyone could be a celebrity and they are so few of those like big Hollywood stars. Although I would argue that like Taylor Swift might be also one of the last in terms of like musicians because her career has spanned so long and she's been involved in so many scandals or, you know, headlines. So I wouldn't be surprised if Taylor Swift releases a book, you know, definitely will release a book at some point in her life telling her side of the story and like what really happened uh, with all those, with everyone, all the guys well, she dated I mean, maybe. Taylor's interesting though, just because she hasn't had, I mean, she's dated a lot of men, but she hasn't had a controversial thing like a Lindsay Lohan or a Britney Spears, you know? Yeah. I feel like oh. that's, What's that? It's, you know what it is? It's Pete Pete Davidson is the the most controversial. <laughs> yes. and did, okay. Did yeah. you hear that that Lindsay's publicist who was with her when she was dealing with all of those car like when she got her license kept going to jail all that stuff. Apparently the publicist that was with Lindsay was working with Pete but dropped Pete because he keeps on getting into like too many scandals and it's like too much. For yeah, her she's and like having flashbacks of Lindsay. She's like, I can't keep doing this. It's 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 bad for me. But you're right. Like in terms of that, we do have the Pete's, we do have the Taylors, we have the Beyonce. I mean, it is interesting. I just uh, you're right. You're right. I mean, now I need to rethink well, my Uber, whole. I think Uber really fixed uh, celebrities getting into car accidents, unless you're Pete Davidson and feel like it's still necessary to speed your uh, car through a house in Beverly Hills. <laughs> I mean, do you do you know? Like that's what I'm saying. Like I. Uh, you know how easy it is to take an Uber or a Lyft? Do you know how convenient it is? This isn't a pr plug, but I'm like, it shocks me that celebrities want to still, like, I mean, how, like, do they have such little control of their life? They're like, I need to drive. I need to have, I need to have control. I think that's what it is. It's a freedom thing. They they associate being able to drive your own car as like a freedom thing, but also like be respectful of other people on the road. And if you are, if you're angry or you're drinking or whatever, like call a car. And also celebrities have always had access to town cars. You know, they always, they have drivers at their disposal. So why, why are they like, you know, making it difficult for other people and, and, and being reckless. It's like really, it's really, there's a lot of celebrities who have killed people in cars and have gotten away with it, Matthew Broderick. Um, oh, so. I mean, God, I mean, <laughs> people don't realize that story. Matthew Broderick, <laughs> way, way back in the day, way back in the day in the 80s, he was overseas. And, uh, you know, there was an accident where a, a person died, unfortunately. And he said he passed out. He said he doesn't even remember what happened. And not a lot of people know about that story. It's been so long. But, yeah, that 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 is a true story. And I think Kate, Caitlyn Jenner also, and I'm sure there's more that we don't know. Yeah, baby. I, 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 yeah, I'm on the yeah. Malibu, Malibu yeah. Highway. So, I, mean, I don't know. What a great way to end it, talking about <laughs> celebrity car accidents. Um, no. 
<laughs> Guys, the podcast, Bad Influencer, all nine episodes you can download now. Listen to your leisure, binge it all at once. You got Dodie in there. Did she give you any Vanderpump Rules tea? Did she throw um, any? I'm not on the, well, on the show a little bit. There's a little mention, but we, I went on her podcast and we talked about the episode I was on and what was really happening behind the scenes. The one with the dick pic, which was like Jax's dick pic. The stand, the, so, the stand-up show or the, the, the sketch show. comedy show. Yeah. So go, go, if you want that tea, it's on her podcast and you could listen to, to my um, episode on her podcast, uh, Love, Sex and What Else Matters. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but you guys, I highly recommend this. Gabby's amazing. Go, uh, just type in Gabby Conti online, go read her articles. I'll put her Instagram in there as well. Let's get bad influencer a season two. Thank you so much for coming back. I truly appreciate it. And, um, uh, please let me audition for your next one. You don't, you don't even have to audition, Ryan. It's already done. If we get a season two, I want you on the show. <laughs> I'm on record now saying it, okay? We're going to make Thank it happen. God. That's, by the way, this podcast doesn't even exist. It's just a way for me to try to get other work. Like, uh, th this is not even a real show. So, um, but Gabby, you are the best. I always am a strong supporter of everything that you do, and you guys should be a supporter too. So hopefully, if you don't know her, you know her now, and go support. Check out Bad Influencer. Thank you so much, Ryan. You're the best. I love this show. So Bad It's Good is a Betches Media production. The show is hosted and produced by me, Ryan Bailey, with Meditza Lopez and Sandra Fryer. Additional support provided by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Steinberg. Guest booking by Ali Friedlander. Video promotion by Laura Valencia. Be sure to send us your emails at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey at gmail.com and follow the show at SoBadIt'sGoodWithRyanBailey on Instagram. And for additional craziness, go to Patreon.com forward slash SoBadIt'sGood. Stay bad, baddies. Betches.